Well, if I told you that there was a politician who didn't want to do anything about a law that allows child abuse or child mutilation, would that make you raise your eyebrows? Would you vote for them if they had that attitude? If you were the Prime Minister for a day and knew there was a law on the books of the land that resulted in people being murdered, would you immediately review it and try and overturn it? I think most of us would. Now, National Leader Christopher Luxon believes that abortion is tantamount to murder, but he has pledged that he will not touch the law if he becomes Prime Minister. How can that be? Let's check it out. So when Christopher Luxon first became leader of the National Party, he was quickly under attack by the pro-abortion media for his views on abortion and the rights of the unborn child. They were rabid in their questioning. There was only one answer they wanted. But Luxon was equally unequivocal in his response. A lot of people talk about your religion and the, the, the are you anti-abortion? Is that what it is? <laughs> Yeah, I think I think um, all it is. I've just been. I'm a pro-life person, so you know, I don't support you know, you know, abortion or euthanasia or the death penalty. Do you right? think it's murder? Um, Do you think abortion's murder? Well, look, I held a view that it's about pro. It's a pro-life decision. Um, if you look at my colleague and my friend Nicola Willis, she has a pro-choice decision. I think the reality is there are New Zealanders that have those views, uh, pro-life or pro-choice. Um, but actually, we can hold different views and be respectful of each other as a consequence. I know, but it's quite an extreme view to think it's murder. Rubbish. Um, I, 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 no, I'm not going there, to be honest, Ryan. I just, I just have a view that it, you know, I'm just pro-life. That's all it is. It's okay. as simple as that. Can you oh, yes. Um, it's a, a pretty radical and extreme view, according to the media. Uh, but they kept on pushing. You didn't say on the AM show this morning whether you thought that abortion is tantamount to murder. Could you clarify that? Do you well, think what I want to say, no, to I'm not going to talk about it because all I'm saying to you is I have a pro-life view. Nicola actually has a pro-choice view. The two of us actually represent views that are held by different, different, different New Zealanders, you know, New Zealanders across the country. But the key thing is we should actually just say, you know, we should be able to, we've got a common set of values mm -hmm. and fundamentally uh, we can respect each other's position without having to make it a major issue. Totally, totally. But can you just answer the question whether you think abortion is tantamount to murder or not? That's a, that's a yes or no question. That should yeah, be well, easy. I'm a pro-life pro -life person. You know, so, and, and, so and yes. That's what a pro-life position is. And so I think fundamentally... Yep, okay, so pretty clear. Media weren't happy, but then Roe v. Wade was overturned. And once again, the mainstream media manifested. And a pro-life national MP was told to take down a post celebrating the decision because even though it's a conscious conscience uh, issue, which means that there's no specific party position on the issue and politicians are free to choose their own position according to their own conscience, Apparently, it sends the wrong message from the National Party now to vote for the unborn child. And apparently, National now has a policy on it. Message across. Well, I want women in New Zealand to have absolute certainty that when I'm the Prime Minister of New Zealand and in a national government, that they know that our abortion laws are not going to be relitigated or revisited, that they know that funding for those health services will be maintained, and that they can be really, really sure about that. Look, Once again, national. We're not revisiting or relitigating abortion law in New Zealand. Simon O'Connor. Yep, so uh, you can see the media are avid about it, but since then Luxon has been desperate to guarantee New Zealanders that he will not revisit the law. Never. Ever. No other law has he made that guarantee, as far as I'm aware. 
but he will never, ever, never, ever talk about it. Never, ever. I mean, three strikes, three waters, the retirement age. They're all on the table, as they should be. Here's Christopher Luxon recently soothing the media's ears that he will never go near a law which allows something that he even admits is tantamount to murder. Access to abortion is restricted in any way under your leadership. Do you pledge to resign? Yes. There's no change to abortion laws, access to funding, uh, access to health care. Those laws have been settled. They're not changing under my government. And frankly, they're not what New Zealanders are interested in right now. Now, according to the most recent abortion services report, an average of 36 children per day are killed in the womb, a large classroom every day, today. But here's an interesting observation. The higher the deprivation, in other words, the poorer the parents, the more likely for an abortion, which is one of the sad realities of abortion. Often the decision is ba made based on economics. We can't afford a child. But murdering the unborn child is not a solution. Last year's report also revealed that there'd been a 45% increase in late-term abortions after 20 weeks. Now, remember, we were told that the new law didn't change anything about late-term abortions. Well, of course, that was a complete lie. Previously, the law allowed for an abortion after 20 weeks gestation only in absolutely exceptional circumstances. The new law means that late-term abortions will be available to women if the abortion provider reasonably believes the abortion is clinically appropriate in all the circumstances, having regard to the woman's physical and mental health and well-being. But they don't define physical health, mental health, and well-being. Uh, and who's making the decision? Oh, the abortion provider. And given that the law was about making abortion more accessible, it's difficult to see many instances where an abortion would reasonably be refused. A baby could be aborted after 20 weeks as long as the abortionist, who's going to perform the abortion and get the money for it, considers it's appropriate and gets a nod from a colleague, another abortion provider. But in the most recent report, there's also some disturbing things in the commentary. Uh, for example, they talk about pregnancies of later gestation, late-term abortions, but they say they were refused not because they were late-term, but because the services just weren't available. Uh, and remember, under the previous law, post-20 weeks, late-term abortions, only exceptional circumstances, they're now legal. And the Ministry of Health are concerned that women can't get late-term abortions if they want them. Another concern mentioned you'll see there is sex selection abortions were a reason for requesting an abortion. Now, there was an amendment to, re to place an explicit ban on sex selection abortions. That was voted against by a majority of MPs. But sex selection is a well-known problem in China and India where some preference cultures have resulted in extremely skewed sex ratios. The practice of sex selection has been widely condemned, but not by our MPs. Uh, and there's also been a big push for medical abortions with phone consultations and telemedicine. You know, abortions done at home, DIY abortions. What could possibly go wrong? Well, lots actually. The report showed that more than 161 women suffered complications including hemorrhaging, retained products, infections, and even failed abortions. And this risk was greater with medical abortions. More than 30 medical abortions. They couldn't even find the patient to follow up. Does that sound like safe, high-quality health outcome? No, I don't think so either.
Look, as we said at the time of the debate, to remove legislation about abortion from the criminal code and insert it into the health code is to equate a procedure to murder an unborn baby with a procedure to remove an appendix, kidney stones, gallbladder, or tonsils. You know, simply tissue removed as part of a health procedure. This is the narrative they want. But our abortion law denies the humanity of the baby, and again, it creates cons uh, inconsistency with other legislation and public health messaging for pregnant women. No, not persons, women, because only women can get pregnant, but messaging which clearly recognises the rights of the unborn child. Anybody who has viewed the ultrasound of an unborn child will know that this policy is a gross abuse of human rights. The humanity of a child is not based on whether it's wanted or not wanted. It never should be based on that. The pro-abortion argument that it's just a blob of tissue, well, it worked in the 70s, but it's flat earth science now. We've seen the ultrasounds. We've seen the fetal development. To support abortion, you have to park your conscience and science in a deep, dark vault. Because abortion denies the humanity of the unborn child, it's tantamount to murder, and everyone knows that. You know, cognitive dissonance is defined as the mental discomfort that results from holding two conflicting beliefs, values, or attitudes. Sadly, Christopher Luxon must be experiencing a great amount of mental discomfort on this issue. Perhaps we can relieve his discomfort by continuing to remind him that he is right. Abortion is tantamount to murder. He needs to speak up for the unborn child. Oh.